Hi, hello everyone and um, thanks for joining us today. So my name's Michelle, um, I'm one of the mentors here at, um, at Exit 8. Um, I've been with the organisations um, for around about nearly three years now. Um, today we're going to talk um, about mentoring. Um, one of the things that Exit 8 does is it does um, offer support to individuals who are still members of extreme right-wing organisations and hoping to leave. Um, but also we support the family members um, and the loved ones um, who may have somebody involved. Um, Today I'm joined by Sarah, who's not only one of our mentors here, but also um, does have experience um, as her son was involved. I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that. And for those of you who are not new to our podcast, you may have already listened to one of Sarah's um, podcasts and, and know a bit about her story. Um, so thank you to, for joining us today, Sarah. Can you just introduce us a little bit and just tell us a little bit about your life and uh, your your experience here at Exit 8 as a mentor? Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me today, Michelle. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm the mother of John, who at the age of 14 did himself get involved with um, far-right extremism. That went on until he was approximately 18, nearly 19. Um, we didn't know as a family exactly what it was involved in for you know quite some time in fact it was getting on years at this point I just saw a very steady decline in his behavior in his mood um it started affecting not only me but you know the rest of the family and eventually um we did get support people can find my story on you know these podcasts available if you want to go and have a look to hear the full story um, but eventually um, it did get signposted via college to prevent and from prevent he went through the channel panel where he was given an intervention provider and he was given one-to-one -one support and with the support of that intervention provider he did leave um, again leaving the leaving bit for John was relatively easy think um however rebuilding his, his life wasn't so much and mm. that took a lot of time and then um john started telling his story um around and about you know is that his intervention providers saw a, a huge talent within john and asked him to tell his story um in front of professionals here and there and it, it was during one of these um meetings that he bumped into Nigel and Nigel saw potential in him um, and he offered him a position at Exit Hate UK. He he began working here, he was just, he, he loved the job, he, you know, he was just, all he wanted to do was help and support and, you know, for a lesson to be learned from his involvement and mm -hmm. I couldn't help being encouraged and, you know, excited by that. And I knew that, you know, during my experience, from my point of view, I didn't have any support during our journey. Yeah. You know, it was just my partner. Now, I'm sure, you know, my partner was suffering as much as I, I was. And it, you know, it consumes your your life. And yeah. um yeah, I was going to ask difficult. you a, a little bit about the the sort of support that you got, and um, because it, I imagine that 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but but obviously as as also one of the mentors here, a lot of the things that um, I hear when we do eventually speak to people like moms and dads, it is mostly moms, um, as I'm sure you, you've recognised, there's a lot of shame um, and a lot of like paranoia in regards to having a conversation with somebody um they don't really want to reach out they're worried about the the aftermath what what might happen if they kind of talk about what they're going through with their son or daughter um did you feel that way as well then did you have that kind of well I don't really want to talk to anybody because what are they going to think of me what are they going to you know what might possibly happen absolutely um the fear and judgment of not not only people's um you know that they they may blame you they they might you know think like you've got the same opinions but you're also afraid of you know intervention by professionals such as you know social services schools and and you know things like that and because everything you know seems to be going disastrously wrong with john you know his school he was suffering with his work at school his grades had dropped and I went from uh, school, I only heard from school at parents' evening and, it, you know, the worst feedback I ever got from, from school was that it was too chatty in class yeah. and he could be a bit of a class clown to the point where I think they had me on speed dial because they were contact, contacting me daily about his behaviour, you know, and obviously being, I don't know, you, you just got that mindset where I was scared of, you know, people getting involved and what would they think and what would the repercussions be on on myself and, and also John and how would that affect him and yeah. his future? And I think that, I mean, I, I guess my hope here is, is that, you know, from from your point of view, Sarah, like, you know, obviously we're now colleagues and um, and uh, and and I know that I look to you often in regards to sort of um, expertise in, in mentoring family members because of the fact that you not only are an excellent mentor, but also the fact that you've been through a lot of the things that were that, that the family members that we're talking to have experienced. Um, so I guess I kind of want to try and focus on some of that today because we have heard set about Sarah, the, the the mom, which is incredibly important. But I think that aspect of your experience has 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 kind of like helped you be such a great mentor. And that's the thing that I kind of want to focus on today, because um, I'm sure that there's going to be lots of people who maybe visit our websites um, and are scared of reaching out for those very reasons that you've mentioned. Um, so maybe if you could kind of Tell me a little bit about what the mentoring sessions sort of look like. Uh, you know, I'm mom, I'm ringing up, you know, I'm, my son hasn't left potentially, he's still kind of there. Um, you know, he's still probably in the thick of it. Um, what can somebody expect when they kind of reach out to to exit hate? What does that sort of mentoring session look like? Well, firstly, I'd say to any parent that's going through this, you don't have to go through this alone. As I mentioned, I had no support during my journey and that's how I got into this profession. I always say I didn't choose it, it chose me Um, because I was given the opportunity by Nigel to be a family support officer and utilise my experiences to help other parents and, you know, off the back of John and his enthusiasm in wanting to make a difference, I did too. So when a family 
first contact you know that's a big decision for a family to do and it takes massive courage you know but please families out there it may be in the same position you won't regret this you know pick that phone up because you know there's someone who's going to be, the, be on the other end that's going to listen to you they're not going to judge you so generally i will i'll send an email to the to the new client the the parent and I will introduce myself. I'll then arrange a time and con convenient time and day what's suitable for them for the first call. And the first call is just trying to get to know each other a little bit, right. you know, and I always say to them, you tell me as little or as much as you, you feel comfortable and we can go at a pace which suits you. I'm not going to push and probe. You know, you tell me in your own time. And I just find out a little bit about them. You know, they find out a little bit about my experience. I always share what I went through as well. And we often find that, you know, the sim similarities are, it's just amazing um, what we've both been through. And I think that helps as well with the parents to open up a little bit because, you know, they know that we do truly understand and yeah. then the parents you know are offered if they choose uh six sessions uh once one mentoring so it can be via email it can be um via phone that's entirely how they feel comfortable engaging with us and again it's we take it at, at their pace so they can have them weekly fortnightly monthly a pace again which suits them we're not pushing our, our you know this is their journey we're just there to support them on on it so okay we'll take um, it at their pace I'd, I'd like to go back to those sort of similarities that you mentioned a bit later on but um but i kind of wanted to ask you a bit more about the sort of mentoring experience as a whole um i mean obviously i've also mentored um and i kind of like noticed that um the involvement from the person you, you know the, the actual person that's involved um we often see that they you know they are suffering from um undiagnosed trauma often there's lots of things going on um as being part of the organ you know of the organization or the ideology you know comes with that like frustration paranoia various other things and we often are facing people who are pretty depressed um but but how is that you know how is that going to affect also mom and dad or you know the rest of the family what are you often seeing because obviously they're they're going to be feeling afraid and, and so on and so forth for their you know for their loved one their son or their daughter or whatever um but what else is going on for that person um because there must be other things that you know that start to start to affect them how do you, do you find funny. that there's often similarities Absolutely. And one thing I do see is isolation, um, because obviously having a conversation that your child, you know, is engaging in ultimately racist, you know, racist behaviour, you know, saying very confrontational things. That's not the easiest conversation for a parent to have with no. someone and say, oh, by the way, this is what my child's posting all over social media. Yeah. This is what my child believes. How do you even begin that conversation? 
So what happens is the parents tend to kind of back off and go into their own little bubble as to kind of to, to stop other people, to try and stop the rest of the world seeing what's going on. Because, yeah, yeah the, the, they're afraid, afraid of, of the judgment. They're often very confused about what's going on because, you know, that is not their child. That is their child that's being radicalised. So there is a difference there. And, you know, they're going through all these emotions and, yeah, they're ashamed, you know, they're embarrassed, they're confused. There's lots and lots of emotions going on. And quite often they will isolate themselves from family, from friends, because, you know, it's easier to spend time alone than to try and explain what's going on and, and something that you don't understand yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've previously worked in situations with um, like domestic violence charities um, and I kind of tend to, you know, that thing about that isolation, it seems it's really quite similar to kind of being in an abusive relationship, you know, like um, you don't, you don't, you don't like, you don't recognise yourself anymore. You don't know how to explain certain aspects about your behaviour or what's going on. So you become isolated from everybody around you. Um and I kind of I, I agree with you. I sort of see that in a lot of the individuals that that I'm mentoring who are part of these groups. And it's it's interesting to hear that um, that mom and dad and so on and so forth start to isolate themselves too, um, because like if you said you weren't offered any help really, or you, you you know there wasn't anything there wasn't anybody saying to mom and dad like oh you know your son's involved with prevent now, but do you need support? That hasn't been offered to you, and and like and as you mentioned reaching out to somebody and saying oh let's have a conversation about my son or daughter having these these thoughts or these feelings um you know it's 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 it almost I mean you you, and and quite rightly I guess I guess culturally we don't see the human behind those racist comments do we you know like when we when we hear people saying terrible things you know like on the telly or you know in the in the world we aren't thinking about what what is that person going through what led them to that place so we don't have a lot of sympathy for the human behind the comments um so for mom and dad to then go okay well that is my son or that's my daughter it must be incredibly hard um but the other thing that I think about is like from certainly from what I've noticed it does tend to be mom that's reaching out rather than dad have you what happens to that relationship as well then so have you seen a breakdown there with mom and dad or like the what does that do to the rest of the people in the family and their relationships with each other the isolation I know happens outwardly but does it also start to happen inside the house absolutely and that this is one thing that I'm always very open open with my um parents that I engage with is the the relationships with their partners because what you often find is mum can be a lot more emotional and and dad can or partner can be withdrawn and, and what you can often see is what I've often found and I was one of them is a um, separated parent so especially if there's a step-parent involved, whether the step-parent mm. feels like he hasn't got, the, you know, the control that dad would normally have, you know, and he's reluctant to step up because he, he doesn't think it's his place. And then you get a lot of resentment from mum because she feels like 
she's doing all the work and he's not doing enough and he's getting frustrated with her because she's getting annoyed with him and what I often say to parents is do you feel frustrated and like yeah absolutely and I said have you ever told your partner what you need what you expect from him and they say no and I'll say well they're not a mind reader maybe you can sit down and have that conversation or better still tell them how they can help you because you know a lot of the men like I spoke to my partner and he said he just didn't know what to do for the best to help me um he, he just you know he just didn't know so you know I encourage people to communicate in that situation because it does have a massive effect on your relationship and sadly you know we do see parents separate because of it and also it's very important for you know self-care which I know is something that you're gonna you know touch upon because when you're in that situation do you know when you walk into a room and there's been an argument and you can yeah. feel that tension in the head in the air mm. well imagine living that 24 7 because that's what it's like when you've got a child involved in extremism you know you're walking on eggshells constantly and you know it, it bounces out everywhere from the siblings that you know can get pushed aside a little bit because the focus is on the individual involved families start to separate because parents are worried of one child radicalizing another child um it can cause friction especially if there's step parents you know two separated families yeah if one's involved in extremism then you know the other family might be worried and prevent a child coming to the to the property so it, it does impact not just the mum and dad but the whole family it's like a spider's web it goes out you know everyone's affected friends are affected my friend said to me we knew something was wrong but we didn't know what I just kind of isolated reverted into myself and they didn't know what to do and again instead of communicating and saying this is what I need you to do please don't judge me you know they, they've often said afterwards I really do wish that you would have told me so I could have helped you being there but to be honest I didn't I couldn't tell them because I didn't know what was going on for the longest time myself 